How's it going, Ty? It's, uh, currently things are going well. If you'd <laughs> known how my computer life has been for the last week, you'd be very surprised to hear me say that it's going well. But, uh, we're here, and I think the recording is working. Are we just gonna sit here and be awkward, or are we gonna play the game, Ty? <laughs> everybody we're we're back unlike lebron in the finals we took a breather (laughs) (laughs) lebron uh is probably actually gonna get to take a long breather for the first time in how many years has he been to the finals five or six or something like that it's not a basketball podcast we need to to remind the people of that why does he get to take a breather he's not making out of the first or second round of the playoffs oh i see like, in my mind zero percent chance he's making it to the finals again so oh. that's just my bold prediction that's probably not too bold the only thing i know about basketball is that Kawhi leonard apparently disappeared off the face of the earth he um, might be back tomorrow tomorrow they play it tomorrow we're not okay. like you said this isn't a basketball podcast we're here to talk about a different person who disappeared off the face of the bed in the middle of the night to go get an immunity <laughs> idol and then still managed to disappear from the game mere days later. Less so, perhaps. Chris Noble, one of our favorites. We didn't rap for him today, but he rapped a lot for us, as we'll talk about, I'm sure. And as Wendell talked at length about. But before we get <laughs> into it all, uh, I think Ty just wanted to apologize. <laughs> I do. I really want to apologize. Last week... Well, let me explain. I was on vacation, a long-planned vacation... And we tried to put together a alternate guest list with Ty hosting, right? Yeah. And that actually happened. I had my friend Aaron on, and we recorded the episode. And overall, I thought it was actually a pretty fun, pretty solid episode <laughs> content-wise. But then when we went back, the recording was corrupted, and it kept jumping. There was like two or three minute segments missing and it just you couldn't even edit it down and piece it together to make it work and then the sound was a little wishy-washy and so we what we recorded thursday like we normally do the next friday he came over three hours later i gave up and said (sighs) i'm not gonna put something out so i apologize nothing went up last week but thankfully our fearless leader taylor Gaines is back and like Chris said this week about going to Ghost Island, he has to do it when nobody's watching. And you know what, Ty? To become a true podcaster, you have to do it with nobody watching or listening. And <laughs> that's what you got to do last week. As a brief- I almost just dumped the unedited audio, <laughs> and I just almost put it up and was like, yeah, just do what you want. Listen, don't listen. Give it a terrible rating. I don't care. But then I was like, no, the people deserve better. So I didn't. As what a way of recapping, I think we should say that Bradley going home was entertaining. I don't know what all your takes on it were, but Mm -hmm. I think barely talking about him in this week's episode, (laughs) as they did on TV and as we're probably going to do here, is hilarious due to how much he clearly wanted attention. The only thing worth noting for people who don't read up a lot on Survivor and just listen to the podcast is that he was not voted out because he was annoying people, uh, which has been attested to multiple times now by him in the in-game interview with Dom that uh, Entertainment Weekly did. Mm -hmm. The reason he was voted out is because Dom was afraid of him getting back to the merge 
with Kellen because those two were the real power couple of this season, even though they haven't been showing it, which is a reason why I thought it was strange we didn't get any Kellen reaction at the beginning of this week's episode. But mm-hmm. I guess they're not playing that narrative, which maybe doesn't bode well for Kellen. I don't know, but I don't want to get too into that. The point is, Bradley's gone and it was entertaining and he had a lot of great quotes right before he went out. It wasn't like a classic cocky downfall, but it was pretty good. No, and it was sad to see one of the villains go. I think we still have one villain left, but he was probably the main villain of the season so far in the sense that he was arrogant and cocky and not really likable by the by the viewership. So I'm sad to see that character be eliminated. But he was he was too smart for his own good is basically to sum up everything we recorded last week. He was too smart for his own good, and he didn't get along with people. So, you know, we're sorry to see him go. It's useful to know about the power couple thing, because on its face, it doesn't make sense to vote out the annoying guy who's not going to get any votes at final. But knowing that, I think, is that context is pretty helpful. So, you know, moving forward, this week we got the face-off that's been teased since week one. And I think it's fair to say it lived up to the billing. The Cold War definitely bubbled over and i loved i loved watching those two go against each other i didn't expect chris to be as unwilling to listen as he was portrayed in this episode and we'll talk about that but yeah it boiled over and this was a legit fun episode there was a lot of twists and turns um they had another ghost island twist that was really entertaining um so it was a really great episode and i i just love the way it went down and the way it was edited and they did a lot of things differently editing-wise and presentation-wise that I wish they would do more, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about also. And I mostly just loved how much the season had built to this, even in the sense that all the work with Malolo trying to break Navidi apart that we saw them fail at over and over again felt almost like it was worth something because (laughs) they got back and obviously this rift was there from day one, but all of a sudden the Malolo people are like, wow, Navidi is in full rebellion mode against itself. And the other reason it helped is because I was very concerned that Libby was going home, which I guess we should only talk about briefly before we dive into the main event, the Mm -hmm. title card. But they kind of played it up where Chris and Dom both had idols. Wendell had an idol. Dom had the legacy advantage. And there were a few people, whether they were doing it to try to undercut the big fight or whether they just wanted to be safe in case all the idols were played as a big majority, those few people were throwing some votes toward Libby. And we had a few quotes from Libby like, oh, there's a war going on tonight. And I just, it feels really good to be safe, honestly. And there were some shots of her at Tribal looking like really happy. And I was just like, oh no, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) You felt the blind side coming on, but we didn't get it, um, which I really enjoyed. It was, I can't, I can't speak enough as to the entertainment factor for this. Last week, you guys didn't get to hear when Aaron and I were talking, when Bradley went home, he literally jumped up off the couch and just screamed yes. Like, and that's the way I felt this episode. Like, I was so excited to see the war bubble over. As, uh, as Wendell said, the gloves came off. It's time to go to war. And they went to war. And Libby well, was almost a side casualty, yeah. but she ended up making now, it through. before we move on from her, just because she's been an interesting character. And obviously, when Morgan went out, she told people not to trust her. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think Libby is good at this or do you think she's only good when her back is against the wall as it was in the previous situations where she shined because now at least this is a wake-up call worst case yeah and i don't know that it's a back against the wall scenario i think it's she doesn't feel the need to play 
so she's playing that backseat kind of role. She's not trying to make waves. So I guess in one sense you could say it's a back against the wall, but it never feels like she's really being threatened the most. I think she is a good player, but she's playing the not up front role kind of a game. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to make it look like her back is against the wall and it's a desperation attempt to get votes thrown her way. It makes everyone else look like it's a desperation vote to get rid of her, but we don't really know why because she's not portrayed as this giant big threat even though, you know, she was claimed to be one. Let's get into it. We've made it to the next part of the game, the merge. Oh man, it was like Christmas morning as Michael said and <laughs> I think it's this was one of the more entertaining merge episodes I can remember because of this Dom versus Chris thing that we've been talking about and I mean mm. from the get-go they just couldn't get along there was that scene which was unlike anything i've ever seen on survivor because of how loosely edited it seemed at the end where wendell and dom sat chris down and said let's just do this let's let's get together vote out some malolos and move on Mm -hmm. and chris was just like i don't know i'm not gonna make any promises and the thing that was weird about it was people started running out onto the beach behind them like with drinks or something and uh-huh. he was like, yo, wait for me. <laughs> and he like ran over and I was like, what just happened? That was the strangest, like, uh, I, it was just like so abrupt and everything seemed so real time that it just kind of, I just really enjoyed that that scene in particular. Yeah. And it, it felt like Chris didn't have a strategy going into the episode because he's unwilling to work with people. You got two of the strongest well, here's the thing. people. And they're yeah. trying to talk sense into him. And he's just like, ah, nah, bro, I'm not going to do that. Oh, drinks? Drinks on the beach? Let's go. Like, party it up. You know, it didn't It didn't make sense. I wanted to see him trying to do more strategy than his weird last, last-ditch strategy effort, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a few minutes. And but here, was just... his, here was his response to the, the peace talks, as Wendell said. The, the, Wendell, I, I saw James Lim tweet that Wendell should be the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. which made me laugh he did have a lot of good quotes you know you mentioned the cold war thing and he said that these two guys could blow up the world if they wanted to yep the peace talks came to an abrupt halt Uh, and what dom said i don't remember he's no he did he said this to chris he said look we can kill each other later for all i care like which was a very bold move to be like look i know we both hate each other we're never gonna get along but Mm -hmm. let's just do this (laughs) And the quote I really wanted to read was the confessional Chris had right after the peace talks, because this was just classic Chris. I mean, every week he said something just so self-centered is ridiculous. I'm mm-hmm. too, I'm just, I'm too suave to just buy it. They want to <laughs> make me their friends so they can slash me. And um, I think that sums up what my larger point about Chris is going to be in that the reason he failed is because everything was always about Chris to Chris. Literally Mm -hmm. everything. The people trying to vote out Angela several weeks ago, he thought was about him because because she was his closest ally. He said, I constantly at the final tribal when they were talking about, you know, what's going to go on. And he just was only focused on himself and his needs and how everyone responded to him. There were even moments like he played his no vote as if it was a real vote. Which to me just felt like everything in Chris summed up into a ball. Like <laughs> him just being like, I'm going to make this no vote mean something. And, and then like him forgetting his torch at his first and only tribal council felt right too. 
I, yeah. I just it was it's such a complete cartoon character. He even called Jeff Probst when he got his torch snuffed, which was strange. And I don't know, man. I don't know what I else like, to say about this guy. What like he was yeah. such a cartoonish guy and he was so ridiculous and he thought everyone liked him, but like he had no self awareness and he thought he was the best player and the most powerful player in a way much different than Bradley, just in a way that like he's never been argued with before, told that he's mm-hmm. not perfect. It was just a lot to take in, but like you said, very, very entertaining. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? What do you make of this guy? Yeah. Well, I think, weirdly, he has the same flaw that most of the players this season that have gone out have had, and we, you said it several times uh, in your speech, speech your point yeah that was a Uh, well-prepared speech well-prepared i saw him reading it line for line and it's the lack of self-awareness there's just players out there that aren't self-aware you know i think kellen is a self-aware player i think wendell is a player who knows what's going on michael is a guy who also knows what's going on but there's certain players out there that we get to see bradley had no clue how much he was annoying people Chris doesn't understand that rapping at the merch feast for no reason annoys absolutely everybody. Jacob, he was another guy. He was he just wasn't aware that he was coming off as kind of needy and tryhardy. That's kind of weird to see because a lot of these people are super fans and a lot of these people are big fans, but they just don't understand how they're being perceived by the other people. And I think that's been one of the themes that's been going on this season. I think we got a couple people out there that could still run that risk. I think Dom might be running that risk. You know, he might not see himself as the the big dictator or, you know, being self-aware is a theme that keeps coming up this season. And the only guy, I think the guy that's the most innocent and most self-aware is probably Donathan. And yeah. That's just because he's like, oh, it's new experience and I love it. You know, so you kept, you kept touching on self-aware and I think that can't go unmentioned. People's self-awareness and the way they fit in with their tribe mates and with their original tribe, their second tribe, their third tribe, and then now coming to the merge with 13 people, they're just not aware of how they're perceived by others. And so like that's It's yeah. funny, he still seems unaware. His post-game, he said what cost him the game was his, quote, impulsive behavior and frustration, which is not right, but mm-hmm. he's referring to when he took everyone to the water well all at once which uh wendell had a great line about in tribal when he said uh you know it, it seemed like everyone got very thirsty very fast yeah <laughs> and they I all left wendell was, and dom behind and it's funny that, that chris refers to that yeah that was great that was fantastic and that's another example i should have mentioned a minute ago because he's like what do you guys want to do and then before anyone could even answer he's just like we should vote out dom <laughs> like he's not interested in what other people have to say mm-hmm He's playing the game like he cares what other people think, but it's very obvious that he doesn't care what other people think, as in their opinions. He cares very much that Dom questioned him on day one, but other than that, did he did he move past the Chris that we saw day one, or do you feel like he was still stuck in, like, I'm brand new here and I'm trying to figure it out? You know, it seems like his thought process on the game never really moved forward he never got past the initial alliance or blow up he thought he was moving forward probably pride he just had too much pride you know pride goeth before the fall i think Um, someone said that once like i do think it's worth pointing out because i think the big question everyone probably had after the episode and yes i'm sure someone said that um (laughs) the big question was why didn't he play his idol, right? I mean, Dom went up and played his advantage. 
you know that's who you were trying to orchestrate votes for. It mm-hmm. almost makes no sense not to play your idol. His logic, which is uh, slightly tortured, but I can see, was the, uh, quote, the only way I was going to win this game is if the idol lasted me another tribal. I wasn't going to play it for the sake of making it two or three more days just to get voted out. I had to be real with myself that that was what I was up against. Why, that doesn't that thought process doesn't make sense because a lot can change in two and three days. So you could why win not play? Yeah, <laughs> you could win immunity. You could actually, you know, sneak in one of the cracks that's being made in the alliances. You know, another seventy-two hours. You can do so many things. But he's like, mm, no, I'm going to hang on to this idol and I'm just going to walk out because that's just the way thing goes. Like that. That's a sign that he doesn't have the awareness of the way people perceive him nor did he want to change the way he was perceived he was just totally fine with the way he's perceived and he's like well i did me and it didn't work so see you survivor have fun i'm gonna get a rap video yeah we'll talk about that i want to steal a little bit from steven fishback because he's always the best at breaking down the dynamics of being out there as a way of trying to transition from the chris side of things to the dom side of things uh one other thing to mention by the way chris uh said he kept it a secret for seven months his little nighttime trip to ghost island which is just kind of a fun fact but yeah fishback pointed out chris may be too suave suave whatever for dom and wendell but everybody knows the number one rule of survivor is to agree to everything by not even pretending to play along chris forces dom to target him there's nothing quite so clarifying on survivor as knowing somebody is actively trying to vote you out the point being that one, Chris's pride got in the way of him even pretending to agree, and two, <laughs> it showed Dom the path of what he needed to do. It was very clear because Chris wouldn't even pretend to work with him. And then when it comes to the big picture of the rest of the tribe, who was, other than Libby and Wendell, hardly featured in this episode, mm-hmm. you would, you'd be hard-pressed to know anyone else was around. And I, I personally am just annoyed that we haven't gotten Sebastian in like three weeks because he's so full of quotes. There was a secret scene that I tweeted out of him talking about Donathan that was just another fantastic quote. So go look at that at On the <laughs> Island Pod. Fishback, helpful here as well when you're referring to the dynamics of the 13 people left. He said... Uh, I think part of Chris's problem is the 13-person merge. With all the scrambling across so many people, it can be extremely difficult to gauge who is doing what. In this episode alone, we saw Dom's plot to eliminate Chris, Chris's plan to split votes on Dom and Wendell, Kellen and Desiree's plan to take out Libby, Libby and Jenna's plan to sit back and snipe at their enemies. I can guarantee that's just a fraction of the different schemes that emerged and were discarded during the post-feast madness. With even just four plots, it's hard to guess how the votes will shake out. If those three are voting one way and we four vote another way, and those four are going a third way, what happens then? When you're on Survivor and your brain is malfunctioning from malnutrition and you don't have anything to write on, it can be challenging to even remember who is voting where. As Dominic complains, I just don't know who to bleeping trust out here. That's why at a 13-person merge, it's often an easy consensus target who gets eliminated. You save your subtle strategic maneuver for when you can actually count all the players on your fingers. And it did. It felt like there was too many people... And too many storylines. Even we got to see the the talk of the girls merge getting together and voting people out, or the girls um, alliance, not merge. And they're going into tribal. They did a great job of setting it up and letting me know that it was going to be a Dom and a Chris showdown. But you're right. There was so many alternate possibilities that it was a little confusing as a viewer. 
uh, it was entertaining because everybody was very impassioned about their arguments and their their goals. But I was slightly confused because it felt like all the other things we got to see, I knew were going to be moot. I knew they weren't going to be something that was going to actually be discussed and something was actually going to go down. I was glad they threw out the Libby thing, though, just so we knew why some votes were going her way. Mm. I thought that was helpful. I, I felt like they didn't hide anything from us this week. I mean, it would have been hard to with the dynamic, but... Yeah, You know, that's my only complaint ever, really, is that they hide stuff. I thought it was really good. As a way of transitioning from that bit of cogent analysis, I just wanted to (laughs) sort of get an idea. Where are you at on Dom overall in this game? Obviously, this was the move he had to make. He's been playing pretty well. The son of a bitch wants me dead. He's got to go, as he said, Um, which was followed by a great scene where I've never seen them, like, intercut between, like, Dom's a loser. He's an idiot. Like they were Dude, going back and so forth. Good. And they even had a moment where they edited in the beginning of Chris's B roll at his confessional while Dom was still talking, which I have never seen them do before. Like he was talking about how Chris was an idiot while they were showing Chris just waiting to start talking at his confessional. Yeah. Um Yeah, it was fantastic. But but yeah, I mean, like, just what do you think of Dom? I think that Dom is playing a very strong game. And up until this point, that's been fine and that's been safe. But people are starting to notice that he and Wendell are running the show, particularly him because he's the loud vocal one. I think people genuinely like him, which at this point is going to make it very scary for him because if he can continue to be loud and boisterous and extreme and make it to the end, he's going to have a good argument for, look, I made genuine friendships out here. I was goofy enough. I was strategic enough. I had enough fun with people. Um, If he gets an immunity challenge under the belt, an immunity win, then I think right now he has the potential for the best resume. So while this week went in his favor vote-wise, I think it's also getting really dangerous for him because he, he just has this thing about him where I don't think I would be annoyed by him but he's got a big enough personality that I would notice him and want to get rid of him because of that. So I think he's yeah. playing great, and I think he's playing super well, but he's also getting a target on his back, not because he's mean, not because he's yelling at people, not because he's barking orders or complaining about camp or you know any of the reasons we've seen so far. I think he's got a target on his back because he's emerging as the best player. We always talk about that role of walking the fine line in the middle where you can be the swing vote, where you can be somebody who can go with whichever side at any point you want and dom is so strongly on one side and in such a powerful position that i could see him getting quote blindsided even though i don't think it'll be a blindside i think in hindsight he'll say look i was running that game they made a great move because he seems like one of those players that understands the game and has a good knack for uh what people are thinking and how people are feeling so He's in a strong position right now, but it's also becoming a very dangerous position for him to sit in. Yeah, I think that's all right. You mentioned Wendell in there. I, we'll, we'll close out on, on him and Dom at the end, I think. But mm-hmm. like, big week for Wendell visibility-wise and power-wise. I think he really was the one kind of you know trying to negotiate those peace talks and, and also working with everyone else to compile votes for chris right and came across really well i mean you know when when the uh when the toothpick came out at tribal council that's when i knew it was on (laughs) 
It was almost as good as uh, Michaela sipping her teacup, which we got to see again this week, which was one of the most entertaining moments in the last Man, s- I, ten seasons. But I don't even know how to decide which is better from this tribal council. I mean, this tribal council was so great that Jeff applauded, which I don't think I've seen before. Yeah. Um, but I don't even know what's better. To go... Uh, sorry, I just had a thought. I, as I was saying that, I thought, has there ever been a castaway named Jeff? Or do they intentionally avoid that? I can't think off the top of my head. I feel like I'm there's sure been a, a guy that goes me. by Jeffrey, which interestingly enough, Dom called Jeff Jeffrey, which was just hilarious. I, was I don't like, know what wow. to do with this guy, Jeffrey. Yeah. That well, was anyway, my, my point was going to be, or my question was going to be, which was better? Because I think this is more of a debate than Twitter's allowing it to be. Mm-hmm. Chris being voted for by Dom or Chris being voted for by Wendell? Because <laughs> Dom fully screamed his vote and his explanation <laughs> where everyone in the tribal council could hear it, which was hilarious. Oh, yeah. And Wendell went off on a epic rant, I guess, a word that's overused on the internet. But, like, let me just read it. I, I wrote the whole thing down because... I won't I won't necessarily try to do a dramatic reenactment but please do your best we won a lot together respect for that but socially you don't know what you're doing I hope you stop saying I so much I hope you start listening to people he starts to fold up his vote and then he stops and he goes (laughs) oh yeah and finally someone had to say it I'll say it stop rapping you're trash at rapping you're garbage at rapping you can't (laughs) rap you have no bars. Put the mic down, bro. Put the pen down, bro. Use an eraser. <laughs> <laughs> I thought both of those were probably the two most entertaining name write-downs I've ever seen. That's I, what I was alluding I'd have to before. To say, if I had to vote for one of them as you know, my winning of those two moments in this battle that they had for top seed for most dramatic vote out i think dom wins it because i have never seen anybody just yell out their vote <laughs> so casually i did so see a youtube video that has happened once before someone tweeted it out i don't remember okay. the season but but that was great yeah i don't know i god wendell's was just so funny and he kept stopping and he kept going <laughs> I, I i'd have to go with wendell just because dom's the whole the whole joke is basically just that he's yelling which is great but yeah i don't know tell us what you think tweet at us which one you liked better because that was just, oh man, just amazing. One more thing I want to mention about Chris. Um, so Chris is a guy from Florida, which is totally fine. I'm from Florida. But at one point, he compared himself to Dwayne Wade. He, he does not deserve to, to compare himself every to Dwayne Wade. basketball player, I think. Dwayne Wade, my favorite player, maybe of all time. Maybe not of all time. I haven't, jury's still out on that. You can't compare yourself to Mr. Miami, to Mr. Basketball, Father Prime still doing his thing, making the playoffs. We're not a basketball podcast. You have to stop you seem to have comparing to remind people of that a lot. To Dwayne Wade. Don't even think about it. That's all I got. I'm sorry. A couple, I was a couple, I was very miffed. A couple more things on Chris and we'll talk about his Ponderosa video right before the end here. Um just because we were talking about Wendell, I meant to read this quote. This is generally what I say in times like that. In moments of adversity, in doubt, How you react shows your true character. I was the one who got voted out, and I handled it in a first-class manner with respect to both guys. He wasn't voted out, and he handled it poorly with no class. I think that was over the top. That's Wendell's thoughts on Chris? That's Chris on Wendell. Oh, golly. Well, 
I think he needs to hold up a mirror and maybe re-say that whole thing because it, it just doesn't make sense that he would feel that from Wendell. Maybe we're not seeing all of Wendell. Maybe Wendell is that way, but it just... Chris, I just, I hope for you that when you come on our podcast and you get to join us, you can explain how you think rapping is a good strategy to win the heart of the people. The thing I was about to say about the confessionals that I just wanted to point out is I wish they would do that more because we read some quotes from earlier this season from the first tribal when Josh Wiggler had access to the full tribal council and got the quotes of all the people while they were voting and almost all of them were fantastic Mm -hmm. and we got the two extended ones this week and they were both fantastic give us more confessional while voting is what i'm saying yeah the problem with that is they used to do that in the early seasons but then everybody knew the vote before jeff even read it if that makes sense so i understand they want to build up the anticipation but i totally agree with you some people say the most hilarious things and they can darndest things they got to figure out, maybe they could just upload it, you know, with the Ponderosa video that week. I don't know, oh, something. But yeah, I totally fantastic. agree. I agree. Um, yeah, okay, real quick, before we get to power rankings, just because I forgot to mention it, uh, what did you think of the Ghost Island thing this week? It was fun. They brought Ghost Island back. I loved that they uh, had to sneak Chris away at night. I love that he went and played. I didn't quite, I have to say, I was very confused about the way his idol that he won worked until he explained it like a second time because I felt like they knew they had explained it weirdly. Yeah, I, there was some confusion in my household as well over that, but but it was best overall, game they've come up with. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a really fun twist. It was nice that the next day they showed how tired he was and how pissed off that was making Dom. Just hearing Chris say, are we going to make tea? We're going to make coffee, blah, 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 blah. And he's just laying there. And then Dom has an interview about like, I don't have any idea why he's so tired. You know, it was entertaining. Yeah. Um, this was a good way to bring Ghost Island in it. Keep keep the theme alive. The Ghost Island immunity necklace might be the worst necklace I've ever seen. I know you oh, didn't ask me My dad said that. the same thing. But we saw that edited into the immunity challenge over and over. And I was like, it doesn't look that good. It looks like a terrible Sharpie drawing that I could do sitting at a desk. <laughs> who, okay. Who do you think called Ghost Island corny this week? Um, of the castaways? No, just of all the articles that I read. Um, Josh Wiggler. Wrong. Jeff Probst. Jeff called it corny. Wow. What did he say? <laughs> this is our new recurring feature where I ask you who said this and you're always surprised that it's Jeff Probst. Because <laughs> uh, what was it a couple weeks ago? The uh, I can't remember. He said something was bad or dumb. Just go back. Just go back and listen to all of our episodes. You'll find it. But yeah, yeah. He, he basically just said, "I know Ghost Island's kind of corny, but it's fun." Something like that. Because the stories they come up with for all these things are so stupid. We missed. I, I think we could have spent ten minutes on last week's episode talking about Michael finding that immunity idol and how it had lived on ghost island for 10 years and matured into it it was so stupid (laughs) oh we we did talk about that probably for a solid 15 minutes but sadly that episode is under wraps and will never be released for public consumption (laughs) (laughs) okay power rankings we gotta get out of here so let's get into the power rankings who do you have number one this week number one i got wendell because wendell doesn't have the target on some time dom does yeah (laughs) I think just because Dom has the big target on his back, I think Wendell's positioning second place really well. So that's why I got Wendell at my number one spot. Same reasons. We've pretty much talked about it. He's in a good spot. Number two, in power, making friends with people. They're even singing happy birthday to his girlfriend. (laughs) To his girlfriend. Yeah. Thousands of miles away. (laughs) Um, None of them have met. 
that, that was being a great said, moment. My number two is Dom because this episode was Dom versus Chris and Dom won. So I went ahead and gave him his due. All right. Well, same. Backing <laughs> you up on this one, Dom number two, because he's in the power position. He's just, like we said, he might be a little too far out in front in the face of that alliance. So it's a little dicey when you get down to individual immunity. The real question number is three. who's number three this week? <laughs> Are we going to count down and say it at the same time and see if we got it? Uh, we can try. All right. Three, two, one. Kellen. Kellen. Wow. No way. You go first. <laughs> no, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> you hang up first. That's too funny. Yeah. Um. I actually, I guess, I mean, she won individual immunity, right? I, I, that's probably mm-hmm. the main reason why we both had her. But I also liked what Daniel Feinberg on The Hollywood Reporter had to say about her. Uh, you know, she's chirpy and likable. And we know she has a good story. We know she's a big fan. The idea that she could have some endurance capabilities could make her a threat once the alpha males are done being targeted. But, you know, she's just been in a power spot the whole game. And there's more girls left than guys. And I like where she's at. I like how she's played. I just think she needs to trust her gut a little bit less, actually, (laughs) and kind of let herself make some big moves. Yeah, she's maneuvered herself well, I think, um, in the same vein of Wendell as she doesn't have a target on her back, but she's got a lot of power. She's got a lot of say. We saw she can win individual immunity. I don't know why this stuck out for me so much, but the talk of the all-girls alliance and her being in it, for some reason in my mind, I want that to come to fruition, and that would make her also be in a powerful position because she seems like the one that came up with the idea or would control that or kind of be the leader if an all-girl alliance came out which i would be i would be all about that wouldn't upset me at all and we just kind of have a weird mix of people left that could find people like kellen it could give her an easier ride to the top i mean Mm -hmm. just like looking through the list like and i did think it was interesting that for the second week in a row chris Bradley said some similar things last week and Chris said like I felt like a lot of people were out there on vacation rather than playing the game which you hear every (laughs) season and I'm sure we could dig more into that on a later episode as to why that always comes up but yep I mean look who you got left you got Jenna she's almost done nothing Donathan I don't know that he's done anything interesting strategically not lately Desi Desi's been in good position Angela she's been clueless mostly Sebastian's been absent for a couple weeks Dom Michael, he's at his back against the wall the whole time, so he could be in a good position if he can keep surviving. Laurel, watch out for Laurel. I think she's in an interesting spot. Yeah. Wendell, we talked about. Chelsea, Invisible. Libby, who knows? And Kellen. So, yeah, it, it, that's my brief summary of everyone, but it's weird. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's been a weird group and a, a lot of invisible people, but like still mostly interesting. But, yeah, I mean, before we get out of here, I do want to talk about the Ponderosa video. not a very interesting video for most of it i don't know if you watched the full 10 minutes it's mostly just him talking about how he couldn't believe he went home and eating and whatever losing 12 pounds all that stuff but at the end of it uh there's a rap video yeah and i want to believe it's done tongue-in-cheek but i don't think it is you think he was very sincere when he made this and he probably wrote it because those bars were weak as wendell said (laughs) let me give you a sample Living the dream on Ponderosa, swung for the fences, I call it Sammy Sosa. Living, living the dream on Ponderosa, swung for the fences, I call it Sammy Sosa. Life is a beach as I sip my Corona. <laughs> God help us all. 
Yeah, it was it was super entertaining. If nothing else this week, we lost a very entertaining person, a very polarizing person, obviously. I don't think either you or I is super sad to see him go, um, except for his entertainment factor. But I didn't I didn't think he was a winner, like someone who's going to make final three, someone who's going to make final five even. He's just going to be annoying. So, gosh, the music video, if you haven't seen it, I can't recommend it enough. Just go look it up. I It'll entertain you for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, but you it's you it's like a train wreck kind of terrible. Yeah, you don't want to look away. You see that there's like fingers slipping in the movie, you know, someone's falling off the cliff and Chris he's slowly, slowly his grip was loosened and he fell off the cliff today and he didn't make it and at the oh. bottom we got a rap video here's the best bar i heard all week from the end of steven fishback's column about chris he started at the bottom now he's there <laughs> <laughs> started at the bottom and stayed there i mean not all the way at the bottom we have we've had uh what eight eliminations before him so i don't know steven sounds a little fishy if you <laughs> ask me fishy. dad jokes on point Anyway, that's all I got. That's what all do you we got? got? Yeah, that's all that's I all got, we got too. Look, look, I knew this was going to be 45 minutes of nonsense or so, maybe less. <laughs> or so. Roundabouts there. But it's nice to have someone to talk to that's reasonable and intelligent. Oh, are there drinks happening behind me? Can I go run over and not pay attention to what you're saying anymore? <laughs> we just can't, we can't work together anymore, Taylor. I got to go. Uh, speaking of work, let's sign off. <laughs> let's sign off. If you We're enjoy- back, back again. Ty, yeah. do your do your bit. We'll do the bit. If you, you have a creative it, way to do it this week, <laughs> go ahead and subscribe because we're getting an episode out. Tell your friends about it. I've been telling some friends about it. It's been fun. Um, you can find us. Uh, oh, was on, it? <laughs> yeah, you can find us on Twitter at on the island podcast. You can find Taylor at Gaines Taylor. You can find me at Tyler B Commons. There's also a website on the where Taylor likes to upload stuff, articles, and the episodes themselves. Other than that, I can't think of anything else. So go leave it a like rating. Tell us what you think. Vote in the poll that we're going to release. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on the island. Bye. I love you. Mean it. Love you too. Go watch Isle of Dogs. I was talking to them. Bye. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.